Hey, everybody. On today's Locked on Bama, we're going to give an update on one of the five-star quarterbacks for next year's class in 2023. We're also going to talk about some Heisman hopefuls for 2022, as laid out by On3 Sports, Jimmy Stein's uh, very own On3 Sports. We're also going to continue his roster countdown, talk a little bit about LSU getting their notice of allegations, and where could a former Alabama wide receiver end up assuming he is not kept by a certain important NFL team. All that and more on today's Locked on Bama. You are Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm awesome. It's a great uh, football week. The football news from yesterday and today, uh, you know, just lots of NFL talk, college football practice starting this week, college football news, maybe with Jaden Daniels going to LSU, maybe uh, Alabama players in the NFL moving around to SEC tournament basketball. This is a great week. You're just you're just not from the South, are you? I'm not. <laughs> no, you can't be because when somebody, says, in New York you today? when somebody says "How are you today?" you're supposed to say oh. "I'm good." How are you? You literally oh. tell me how you are every time. I I, I kind of dig it, but I'm just telling you it's different. Um, first of all, thanks everybody for making this the first podcast you listen to every single day, Jimmy. Um, want to get into an article I saw on On Three. Now this is uh. A little different, but it is Alabama related in the sense that um, Alabama is after a couple of quarterbacks for next year. There's obviously Archie Manning or, or Arch Manning. Uh, that would be so cool if they were after Arch Manning, Archie Manning. But um, Arch Manning, a lot of people think is number one. Number two is probably, or tied for number one, is Nico Imelevia. I'm not sure how to say uh, that. Uh, do you know how to say that? Yeah, it's pronounced exactly like it's written, which which doesn't sound like much of a much help, does it? But it literally that is zero I, help. I am a lever. I am. A I am a lever. Okay, but you can't say it's it's written like this, Jimmy. I a m a l e a v a. I am a lever. There, you can't even buy that many vowels on Wheel of Fortune. You, <laughs> so no, it doesn't help me that you say it's it's. Pronounced just like it's written. That makes no sense. Um, anywho, he's apparently now getting more love uh, for from and for Tennessee in terms of crystal ball predictions. That would be very interesting and a huge coup for all the people there on Rocky Top, especially if Alabama were to miss out on Arch Manning too. And it makes you wonder, could everybody be backpedaling? And, boy, it's not a consolation prize because this kid's really good. But Christopher Vizina out of Briarwood, you know, maybe he ends up in this class after all. I think it's very possible. I think at one point I was even sort of predicting that. Um, I do think there is going to be a chance all the way until signing day that Christopher Vizina ends up at Alabama. Uh, I'll just tell you this. This is what I expect to happen. I think Vizina is going to make a decision before Arch Manning. Um, and I think Vazina is going to commit to Clemson or maybe Notre Dame. Uh, uh, that, that would be my prediction in terms of what would happen. He would do that before 
uh, Arch makes his decision. And then uh, Arch could decide on Alabama. He could decide somewhere else. If Arch decides on somewhere else and Nico Iamaliva decides on somewhere else, then maybe Alabama circles back to Vizina. But at that point, you'd have to flip a uh, Clemson quarterback commitment. That I, I don't think that's something that would be easy even though there are multiple ties to uh, to Vizina. But, yeah, that's sort of where Alabama's situation is. As far as Nico, um, I'm not ready to predict that he's going to Tennessee. I know the on three rec uh, recruiting prediction machine has him going to Tennessee right now. But Nico uh, is sort of one of these kids, and I would be a lot like him, by the way. <laughs> Nico, I think, likes whoever he visited last. I mean, I, I think he – has a great time on these trips. Every place has its great benefits and assets. And I think Nico just sort of went to Tennessee last. Yeah, and, and they were giving him the red carpet or orange carpet treatment with the, you know, we want Nico chance at the basketball game and all that. And I mean, maybe he's just caught up in the moment. Regardless, I just found it a little interesting. I didn't even know they were a player much in the, his recruitment. Um, another thing we'll knock out really quickly in this first segment, LSU received their notice of allegations. I don't think we've gotten a lot of reports on it as of this recording uh, by this afternoon. I'm going, I, I've sort of screwed up, Jimmy, I'll tell you the truth. I've, I meant to put out today's podcast tomorrow, um, and so I'll, I don't know how I'm going to do this because the timing is sort of <laughs> off. But it doesn't just, matter. Just throw it all out there. Just throw it all out there. That's what I'm going to do. See what sticks. But um, anything that you've heard about this notice of allegation LSU has received? Uh, I mean, not not anything that isn't already in the public. I would just say that uh, what interests me is this is my question for the NCA. And, and again, I'm not one of these. Let's punish our rivals. I don't really care about the, this sort of stuff. And I know that sounds crazy, but I, I, I'm not obsessed with LSU cheating, Auburn cheating, uh, Tennessee cheating. I, I, I don't even really like those stories. I, I'm, I'm a lot more into watching the games and what's going on in the field. And, and I don't trust the NCAA to do things fairly, which means I think people break terrible rules and they aren't really punished. And then other teams seem to do things very minor and they're put under the jail and it just frustrates me no end. So I, I don't like even talking about it. Really. I don't even like studying up on it because it's just going to get me upset at the end because there doesn't seem to be even, even handedness. But, but my question for the NCAA is going to be, if you find that Will Wade committed major violations, major violations, and those major violations were caught on tape, and LSU had access to the tape for three years and did not fire Will Wade, I, I don't see how they're not hugely punished for that because uh, th that, that would just boggle my mind. But am I expecting the NCAA to be even-handed or do things fairly or, or, or throw people under the jail that need to be under the jail or I, I don't I don't know what the NCAA is going to do. I just don't understand how if the NCAA says Will Wade committed the, the cardinal sin of uh, of coaching violations in 2018 and LSU, you knew about it and you did nothing. How in the world are they not radically punished? Now, maybe the NCAA says, ah, we'll listen to the tape. It's not clear. He's talking about money. So whatever. <laughs> I, I mean. That 
that that's why I just shrug my shoulders over it and I just rat, just assume watch the games on TV. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm with you. I don't know what's going to happen either. It is a complete and utter joke. There's no question regardless. It's taken forever. The NCAA, I think this – I'm almost of the opinion, hey, I hope LSU sort of gets off light here because it would even bring about the quicker demise of the NCAA and probably go to what I want to happen, which is, you know, some of these bigger – schools break apart and do their own thing and um that, that's kind of what i'm leaning towards because i know it's coming so jimmy um when we come back i want to talk about um, a couple of things your husband hopeful list on on three and then a, a former alabama receiver could be ending up somewhere very unique and i'm going to leave that little teaser right there as i tell you about built bar you know a lot of you have given up on your new year's resolutions you shouldn't if you, first of all, if you haven't, it's March. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and give up on them. We all give up on them. But you, know, you don't have to give up on them if you're doing Built Bars. Built Bars are absolutely delicious. They're nutritious. They're scrub delicious. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bars' best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. That's awesome. Protein-infused marshmallow. Fantastic. They're fluffy. They got everything you want. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs have all kind of kick butt flavors like coconut marshmallow and uh, banana cream pie. They're all so good. All built bars are covered in hundred percent real chocolate. Yes. Even the puffs, hundred percent real chocolate. Go to build.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away by the high protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb info that you see there. Go to build.com, use promo code lock 15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off that order at built.com. All right, Jimmy. Um, Heisman hopefuls on on three. Yeah, I just thought this was kind of interesting. By the way, you guys are really putting out some good stuff there. Um, you know, I, sure. I I'm gonna tell the truth. Even though you were a part of it, I wasn't exactly flocking to own three initially. But I'm enjoying going there more and more. They're putting out some good articles. Matt Zenitz put this one out. It's still, it's still in uh, it's still in construction. That's what I want to uh, uh, tell everyone. I mean, on, on three, literally a decision was made do we fully build it and it's going to take about two to three years to fully build it out and then invite people in or do we invite people in on the ground floor and say uh pardon our progress uh while while we're building the monster and 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 that's what's going it's going to get better and better and better and and eventually what we hope is become synonymous with uh with college football media is that on three has the biggest sites the best people the best content, the most content, and the best content, and, and, and basically that the on three consensus becomes the go-to ranking whenever any uh, high school prospect rankings are discussed. Okay, well, let's run down this list a little bit. We'll go backwards to make it a little bit more interesting, it, and it is very interesting. Uh, number 10, and, and look, we're not going to spend time on each one of these because we don't have enough time, but um, I'll give out a few and and then you let you talk quickly. Uh, Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel at number 10, Tennessee's Hendon Hooker at number nine. I, that one just struck me, along with Ole Miss's Zach Evans at number eight and Georgia's Brock Bowers at number seven and Ohio State's Travion Henderson at number six. I think Henderson's too low. I think Zach Evans may be a bit high, and um, I don't know what to think about Hendon Hooker. Uh I don't think Tennessee – this is just my opinion. By the way, I love Matt Zenitz. He's one of the best people we have at On3, really bright. And I can tell Matt put together this list to get to get people talking. It's not like he didn't believe what he was writing, but 
this is the type of list that I think is smart. It's very forward looking. It's sort of a prediction as opposed to here's the 10 most obvious guys. No, I think this is Matt sort of predicting how the season might play out. And, uh, you know, my, my, my comebacks to all that would be, I don't think Tennessee is going to win enough games for Hendon Hooker to win the Heisman. I think for Hendon Hooker to be in serious Heisman contention, Tennessee has to either win the East or come damn close to it. Uh, and I don't see that happening. Ole Miss, same thing with Zach Evans. He might put up big numbers at Ole Miss. Um, he is a really talented kid, and he's going to have the right offense to put up big numbers. But I don't see Ole Miss winning enough games. Uh, Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, I would just say, yeah, I would include Oklahoma's quarterback usually in any Heisman list. But Lincoln Riley's gone. The offense is gone. Venables is in. I, I wouldn't automatically assume Oklahoma's quarterback's going to be as productive as they were under Lincoln Riley. Now, Caleb Williams, uh, who's going to be Lincoln Riley's quarterback at USC, I'd have him on the list because Lincoln's offense didn't change and just his location did. Uh, agree with you totally, Luke. Uh, Travion Henderson would be arguably number one on my list. He would certainly be closer to one than six. Uh, then just running down these others very quickly, uh, it is number five, Will Anderson, which I find to be comical. I think that's way too low for him. He's going to get a lot of hype. In fact, I would say he should be more of a favorite than Bryce Young, frankly. Uh, number four is Caleb Williams, who is on the list. B. John Robinson at number three from Texas, uh, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, and then, of course, Bryce Young, number one, which um, I think is wishful thinking. Not that I don't think he's good enough, but I just think it's so hard to repeat that he's going to have to top his stats of almost 5,000 yards, 50 total touchdowns, and that's going to be really tough to do. He's going to have to at least play those 15 total games and, and I think win the national championship uh, and, and probably go undefeated given Alabama's schedule is a little bit more lax this year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really tough for uh, Bryce Young to win it. But, Jimmy, I want to go ahead now and uh, – oh, you know what? Let's go ahead now and talk really quickly about Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper uh, may potentially be leaving Dallas. In fact, it looks like a foregone conclusion. And the other thing that's really interesting about this, one of the possible landing spots for Cooper – Apparently, the New England Patriots, where he will be re reunited with some, um, I guess, some Alabama alums. I don't know about reunited, but uh, or D was Dante Hightower ever there when Amari was there? I don't think so, was he? Yeah, he was. No, he I think so. They would have Maybe been about the same time. I, I think they would have been about the same time Amari played. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it would have been when Amari was like a freshman. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Maybe that year. I'm sure they know. I'm sure they know each other. So I'll tell you, Mac, um, Mac will be happy to get him. I promise you that. Yeah, and he could also be uh, joining a former Alabama wide receiver, Slade Bolden, who we assume has already signed a lifetime deal with the Patriots. Um, but I just find that very interesting. That would be very cool, though. Another potential landing spot for Amari I've seen online, and everybody is probably up in in play for this. But I've seen that potentially uh, the Dolphins, so Mantua and Amari, oh, my God, that'd be fantastic. Um, so when we come back, Jimmy, we're going to talk about your roster countdown as you've got three more already uh, laid out for us. And so we'll talk about them 
Just after I tell you about Bet Online, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcast news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, whatever you want. They got it at BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use that mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about, um, let's get back into your countdown. And I have to laugh at this one. Um, the reason I say I have to laugh like that, I'll tell you the quick backstory. Um, there was a, uh, my brother was playing blackjack with some of his friends at a casino in Mississippi. And there was a, uh, they had a, a foreign dealer who didn't speak great English. Um, and the first thing that happened was like the guy, like a drink spilled. And so he goes, drink down, drink down. And, um, you know, they, he, he, again, his English was very broken. And so they come over and clean up the drink. And then one of my brother's friends got so tanked, he fell over and he goes, customer down, customer down. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, so when they, when everybody fell out laughing about that, everybody fell out laughing about that. They picked him up and he got back up. And he goes, so sorry, I have to laugh. <laughs> and, uh, so that's why I said it. Like that. Uh, I realized when I said it, nobody got the inside joke because only I knew it. So I felt the need to explain it. Um, but I have to laugh at this next ranking. I have to laugh. Robbie Oots at number mm-hmm. 32. You have him mm-hmm. above several dudes I would have him mm-hmm. behind. I'm not, again, I'm not crapping on Robbie. I think Robbie's a good player, but it, I do not think he's a better player than Christian Leary at this point. And you must explain yourself. Yes. Um, I'm explaining it based on, although it wasn't the purpose of the ranking is best player to worst player. Right. So, and so you're, you're justifiably saying, I think Christian Leary is a better football player, a better prospect than Robbie Oost. I, I, and I don't, uh, while I don't agree, I get that a hundred percent. Uh, I have Robbie higher for this primary reason, <laughs> though I realize this reason doesn't uh, marry up with the purpose of, of the ranking. But the, the main reason I have Robbie higher is, in my mind, Luke, Robbie is a first-team player. I, I believe Robbie might even start the Utah State game. And by that, I mean Alabama often plays two tight end sets, just like last year. Last year, there were games in which Latu and Billingsley both started because they were both on the field at the same time. Uh, I think that that will happen a lot this fall, that you'll see Latu and Oost on the field at the same time. Uh, Robbie is a first-team player. I also believe that Robbie Oost will be the starting tight end once uh, Cam Latu moves on, uh, and Robbie will be a starter. I'm not ready to say that Christian Leary is going to be in the first-team rotation at wide receiver this year or next year. Uh, he could, he might, he may. I'm not ready to predict that, but I am ready to predict that Robbie will be a starter. That's why I have Robbie ahead of him. Okay. I mean, I, I got to accept it as your list. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, you can do your own list. It'd be cool. I'd read it. <laughs> Number 31 is Roy Williams. Um, yep. I can't decide if that's too low or too high. So I guess it's right. 
well, here's the thing with Roy Dell, and and I, by the way, I love Roy Dell. I like Roy Dell more than most Alabama fans like Roy Dell. But again, it, I get back to the depth chart. To me, just where we sit today, and realize my my opinion may change as soon as spring practice is over. But today, I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be running back number one. I think the first back off the bench when Jameer is out will be Jace McClellan because he was ahead of everybody else that's returning last year. I think the third running back will be the guy that I'm going to call the most improved back on the team, Trey Sanders, this fall. So I have Roy Dell as the fourth back. And because he's the fourth running back, I, I just can't rank him too high because how much of him are we going to see? So that that that's my explanation. And finally, just for today's ranking, we'll end it at number three. Well, no, that's not true. We go to number 29. So really quickly, tell me about Seth McLaughlin at number 30. Um, you know, it's not the sexiest thing in the world to talk about centers, but I'll let you do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, uh, right now we have to project Seth as the starter. I mean, I do. Uh, and if he's the starting center, uh, gosh, it's it's almost bad that he's not in the top 22, right? I mean, don't you have 22 start? It's kind of bad that the starting center would be 30. So there's the negative to it. The positive to it is I do have Seth higher than the, the majority of the linemen on the team. And I don't think Seth is a bad player. I think being the 30th best player at Alabama is actually pretty damn good uh, considering, you know, it's the greatest dynasty of all time. But, uh, but the fact that I would project Seth as the starting center and still have him at 30 should be indicative to people about uh, the problems that we foresee on the offensive line. Finally, for today, number 29 is Chris Braswell. Again, an interesting choice, but I somehow think it's right. Well, Braswell, to me, uh, I, I put in the little write-up that goes with him. Uh, I haven't settled on this because I want to go through the list, uh, finish it before I say this, but I think Braswell is a great contender for best player on the team that's not in the starting lineup. Uh, is Braswell. And he's not going to be in the starting lineup because Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, who are obviously going to rank extremely high on the list. Uh, but Braswell could be the best player on this team that's not in in the starting lineup. And I think he's going to be even better this year as he has added even more strength uh, and, and hopefully has improved against the run. As a pass rusher, I would say he's the near equal of Will and Dallas as a pure pass rusher. It's just that he's got to add all the other parts to his game. I'm going to disagree with you there. There's nobody who's ever rushed a pass better than Will Anderson in the history of sports or (laughs) anything that involves a pass. I said near equal. We we could have different uh, definitions of what's near. I mean, you know. He rushes a pass even when he's trying to hit on a girl. He's like, you know. You try and hit on them, and you're like, "Hey, uh, uh, just come home with me," <laughs> instead of any 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 kind of lead up foreplay. You know, he's he's always rushing a pass. I just uh, drove from uh, North Carolina to Alabama to to, uh, to the Alabama Gulf Coast on uh, on Friday in one day. So to me, North Carolina is near Alabama. So okay, <laughs> so Chris is uh, near Will. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for the day's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to us. We need you. We need you out there. Come come with us. Come with us on this journey. This Locked On Bama journey. We, we, we want you in the car with us. Jimmy's already in the car, literally, as you can see. In the video. He's driving. Plenty of room. Plenty of room. Not driving, but plenty of room. All right.
Thanks, everybody. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.